RadioInfluence.com. to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10-12-60 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crushperformance is the email. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, social media. Search out Crush Performance and we are there just talking shop and spreading the good word. That's what it's all about. Well, today, listen, we have a really important show lined up as we talk with Crush favorite Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime for 49 years. He's been working in the world of high performance in everything from motorsports to business, the military to first responders to singers, actors, and entertainers, and of course, athletes. Dr. Delaire has done it all as a performance coach, helping people collect their thoughts and get their minds right so they can tap in to their top performance. And one of the critical elements here is a simple question. What are you thinking about? There's a systematic approach to performance thinking. And today we're going to share a simple formula that will lay out a powerful strategy to help you focus your thoughts and understand what it is you should be thinking about and what it is you absolutely have to avoid. Like so many of us do, we think about the wrong things and it winds up sabotaging our performance. The physical side of training, the physical side of preparation is incredibly easy. Faster, higher, stronger. We've got that down. You know, we've said it before on the show. We're at a biological ceiling when it comes to the physical preparation. There's not a lot we don't know. From our nervous system to the musculoskeletal system to fascia, connective tissue, we've got a very, very good understanding on how that's all integrated, how we can enhance it, performance, train it for maximum performance. But when we start tying in the biochemistry and as we learn more about the brain, the thinking side of it is a critical, critical component that we often underestimate because, frankly, we just don't know a lot about it. Well, today, get ready to get educated on performance thinking. I'm really, really excited about what we're going to talk about today, that simple formula. We're also going to unveil the holy grail of human performance in today's jam-packed show with Dr. Dallaire. And the timing couldn't be better as there's rumblings of the return to sport. While youth sport is slowly in certain areas coming back. We're starting to see practices, tryouts. We're starting to see some games. Baseball in certain parts and pockets of the United States and Canada is starting up again. Uh, Youth soccer, youth sport is starting to to get their training together. Competitions are, are on the horizon. So now let's take all of this incredible knowledge that we've gained over this downtime all the practice and conditioning that we've done away from our sports. Let's start tuning it in. Let's get it focused so we can now get back to performing. 
fingers crossed, everything goes smoothly and safely. And we're hoping for the return of professional sports. Hopefully we can come up with a model that keeps everybody safe, but we need sport. Isn't it incredible how much, and I don't know if you're like me, but how much we've missed sport. We missed watching our teams play. It doesn't matter what sport you're a fan of, or if you have a team, whether it's college, local sport, whether it's your professional sports, baseball has such an opportunity. Can they come back for July 4th? Please, what a monumental thing that would be if the players and owners can figure out a model that works, keeping everybody safe, but also on the business side, make sure that it's viable because it has to be viable as a business on both sides. But to be back for July 4th, wouldn't that be absolutely incredible just for our collective psyche? Sport is important, a distraction. It gives us something to cheer about. There's so many good things that come out of it uh, on the professional side, just from being a fan in our communities. It gives us something to rally around. Oh, and MLB is so close. The NBA in serious discussions. Then there's issues here, of course, because we have to think about safety, but we're hoping the NBA can get back. The NHL is seriously close to starting a new sort of modified playoff format. The return of NHL hockey into the summer. I'm all for it. I'm not going to I'm not going to miss my other sports, but to have hockey back, to see these players back on the ice, incredible. And in this format they're thinking about in these hub cities, all the teams together. MLS talking about a World Cup style playoff format. How great will that be for all the young uh, soccer players seeing the pros out there playing once again? Man, it's just encouraging. It's motivating to see the pros out there again gets us all fired up for our own sports, regardless of what level you're playing at. So we're really excited about the rollout of sport. And now it's time to put it all together. So today, get ready, get your pens ready, because no matter what it is you do, you are about to get better as we talk with our good friend, Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime right after this on Crush Performance. You're listening to Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. Get the Crush blogs, podcasts, and performance links at crushperformance.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Jeff Kershell here. Listen, if you want to get in touch with us, reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Search out Crush Performance, and we will hook you up with the world of performance. Well, let's get after it. We are very excited to once again have on Crush Favorite, Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime. Dr. Delaire, thanks for joining us once again here in these very, very unique times we're in. You're quite welcome, Jeff. Glad to be here. Well, I've been uh, really looking forward to talking to you in these very, very interesting, troubling, trying times. As we're sort of isolated here, we still need to somehow figure out how to move forward personally and together as a group, as a society, but we also need to stay connected. Uh, we're connected yet disconnected, I guess, and it's a really important time for people to try to balance those two in the scale of of moving forward here. I think you're right, and uh, in some ways, I, I'm not a fan of the term social distancing that is so commonly used today. I prefer the idea of physical distancing because we have to keep a physical distance in order to protect against the transmission of the virus that has created so much upheaval and so much 
uh, chaos globally. Um, I think what we want to be is socially connected, but physically distant. And I, I agree with you. This is where technology, perhaps even now more so than in the last few years, has allowed people to stay connected and in some cases reconnected, to reconnect when they haven't been doing so in the past. I used myself as a perfect example. We had our first broader family Zoom meeting where cousins and cousins' children actually had a chance to participate. We had a large group and it was great to reconnect with people, family members that I haven't talked to in years. And we're going to try and make this a regular thing. This did not happen prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. And the impetus was because we've had to physically distance, there has, it has created a desire by people to socially connect. And I would say that over the last few years, the internet has actually been a source of disconnection. People have never been more technologically connected, but disconnected at the same time. And I think this is one of the benefits of the COVID-19 situation, that it has become an impetus for people to reconnect with family members, with friends, through this new platform of technologies that exists where we can visually see each other and talk to each other, even though it might be across the country, across the globe, or across the city. I really like the distinction between physical distancing and social distancing, uh, Dr. Jacques, you know, because uh, we're, you know, prior to the, the, the epidemic and the shutdown here, I think there was a lot of concern about screen time and social media and our youngsters and how they're going to grow up in this new world to be very, very different. And I think there was a lot of concerns about that, maybe the emotional and the the social segregation that happens when you're just focused on your phone and not interacting with your peers or your family or those people around you. But you're right. Maybe this will help recalibrate that big picture. Well, I think, I think people are socially connecting using these platforms in a different way than they were even uh, six months ago, mm -hmm. where there we tended to be more voyeurs. We were watching from a distance. We were pushing stuff into the internet, pictures and whatnot, and people were feeding back information, but not necessarily in real time. We were getting commentary and we were getting likes and all that stuff. And people became consumed by that approach, that methodology of interaction. And I think what's happened is the flavor of that interaction has changed and the, the interest in things like Microsoft Teams and Zoom and, and so on, these platforms that, in, that provide the ability to real-time engage with people digitally has definitely been on the upswing. And I think it has enriched the quality of the interaction that we're getting using the internet as a platform. And hopefully that stays when we get back to not having the need for as great a, a physical distancing as we have today. So that people don't go back to simply pushing information into the net, waiting for likes and responses back and becoming somewhat disconnected. 
Yeah, no, we're talking with Dr. Jacques Delaire, performance specialist at Performance Prime. You can check out his great work at performanceprime.com. Dr. Delaire works in the uh, racing world with the motor racing. He's consulted with some of the top leaders in business, in the military, actors, singers, and entertainment. Also, of course, athletes. And you've got three great books out there, Performance Thinking, Helping Kids Perform, and Performance Thinking for Law Enforcement. Um, Dr. Delaire, you know, one of the things that's really intriguing me right now is all of the learning that's now taking place online, the webinars, the online uh, lessons and, and thought sharing. Uh, you've just released uh, a series of fantastic webinars called Performance Thinking Webinar, and I've watched them. And the one thing that really intrigued me about the, the webinars that, that you held is when I was watching the question and answer one. Um, and looking at some of the feedback and questions you got from the people, I started thinking, I wonder if these are people that regularly work with Dr. Delaire, because some of the questions were really, really deep and, and quite, quite thoughtful, I thought. But but that's not the case. These are people that just were tuned in, looking looking for something to grasp onto to get them through these troubled times, perhaps. Yes, you're, you're right. The question and answer webinar was a follow-on to the original webinar that I did on May 11th. So the first webinar was on May 11th. It was a Microsoft Teams live event. That's the platform that I use. And this was free and open to the public. Um, anybody from anywhere around the world, and we had people from all over the globe participate in that or attend that particular webinar. And over a little bit more than an hour, I framed or I created uh, a process to get across the framework that I talk about in my program and with the clients that I work with. And the question and answer webinar was a mechanism to get feedback from people and to take questions that might have been generated as a result of that first webinar and to address those questions, to try to give some thoughtful answers to the questions that people had. Now, it was not possible, obviously, in the second one-hour webinar to answer all the questions that I got. But what I did is I aggregated the more common types of questions around certain things, and then I tried to give some feedback about that particular issue. And I think one of the things that people would recognize if they, if they were to watch that webinar, that there are a lot of people out there that are struggling. They're struggling in their in the performance of what they do, but they're also struggling emotionally with the challenging times that exist today. And the webinar was really uh, a, a way of getting across to people some basic understanding of how the mental skills pieces fit together and what the impact of that is on performance and on our emotional response, the emotion that is most driven by today's pandemic environment is the emotion of anxiety. People are worried. And they're worried because they don't know what the future holds and they're concerned that it might not be what they need it to be. So those two webinars were my attempt, along with my colleagues at the Stanford Safety Foundation, to, to share information that could be helpful to people right now in this environment. I really like those webinars. And I think, uh, you know, one of the big takeaways for me when I watched both of them was um, just the tools, the practicality. And, and I think it's something that everybody can resonate with because when we look at, 
you know, even when I look at the top performers that, that I've dealt with, whether it's the Olympic athletes or the professional baseball players or the hockey guys, even our football guys, um, even our golf guys, you know, they all have different mindsets. They're very different uh, sports that require, you know, unique approaches. But every single human being I know has dealt with the worry and anxiety at some point. And I guess arming yourself with the tools to deal with it. First of all, maybe being aware of it is the most important thing. But then actually having a strategy to deal with it, Dr. Jacques, is, is one of the most important things. And I think that was the big takeaway for me was there's some real useful tools there that every single person can apply in their daily lives or in, in the world of performance. You're absolutely right. And uh, it, it, that is also my experience as well. I have uh, seen uh, over the last 49 years, this is my 49th year of working with high people in the high performance world, where I've had the opportunity to work with many thousands of individuals from many different walks of life. I have seen every single person have moments in their life, in their professional career, where they have struggled with the very issues that I was talking about in these webinars. Even seven-time world champions in some sport, professional athletes in a variety of sports, tier one special operations dudes, all kinds of people who are very proficient, who represent the top one-half of 1% 1 in the world at what they do, they too struggle with these very same issues. So it is a universal constant. Everybody wrestles with these things. And part, part of the reason is it's human nature, and we don't really understand how the mental skills pieces fit together. Right. We don't right. really understand... We don't really understand how we mentally sabotage ourselves. We know that we do. We know that it has an impact, not just on our performance in a negative way, but on levels of anxiety that we wrestle with. But we don't really understand how we shoot ourselves in the foot. And you're right. The first step in solving the problem is to understand the problem clearly. Mm -hmm. And that's what these webinars were designed to do, to give people a sense of what the framework is to help them to understand exactly how they mentally sabotage themselves and how they can avoid that very common trap. And I would encourage anybody who has an interest in improving their ability to perform and who might be struggling with higher than normal levels of anxiety in these challenging times to check them out on my YouTube channel. And the easiest way of getting to them is to go to my link tree through this address, www.drdallaire, that's D-R-D-A-L-L-A-I-R-E dot net. If you put in that address into, you, into your computer browser, It'll take you to my link tree, and there is a link for both the original first webinar and the question and answer webinar. And there's also information there about my books. And if you're interested in following me on my social media platforms, there, is, there are links there as well. So that's the easiest way to get access to this. And those two webinars will be available until June 1st. So I encourage people who are interested 
and listening to it and maybe as food for thought, taking information away that you can apply to your life, I'd, I'd encourage you to check it out. Yeah, I agree. We're talking with Dr. Jacques Delaire, Performance Prime. You can check out his great information at performanceprime.com. Uh, Dr. Jacques, listen, this is uh, this is certainly important for the individuals. But, you know, as you mentioned, my, my daughter is U17 community soccer team. You know, we're trying to do, you know, the team calls, you know, every couple of weeks just to keep everybody connected and keep them encouraged and kind of hold them accountable for their fitness and staying in shape, you know, from a team perspective. Uh, again, it's a fun community team where it's not hardcore by any means, but we do see our young people struggling, man, boy, oh boy, as you mentioned, you know, missing uh, graduations and opportunities for scholarships and being seen by the scouts and, you know, even just for uh, you know, missing your year end play or your, you know, your graduate, your, your exams, there's so many things that, that the young people are missing. And I'm really, really concerned about the young people, this information for coaches and parents definitely for themselves, but also to give them maybe some sound bites or ideas or discussion points for, for their own children, for their athletes, teachers, for their students, coaches, for their players, uh, employers, for their employees. There's such a reach here because, you know, isn't it funny? I, I catch myself too in this, in this time, because we've been set back. Our business has been set back dramatically like everybody else out there. It worry breeds worry. And unless you have some strategies or the awareness to, to deal with it or cope with it, or just to be aware, boy, boy, it can be a very, very slippery slope sometimes, especially when you're by yourself and, and nobody does it alone. Let's make that clear. That's for sure. And I think if we really understood the functional relationship that exists between our conscious mind's thoughts and what our unconscious mind does with it, we would be much, much more careful about the kinds of thoughts we allow our conscious mind to process. And it is a choice. We get to control our conscious mind. But the sad truth is the vast majority of people don't police their thoughts very effectively. They allow their conscious mind's dominant thought to be defined by the environmental circumstances around them. That's why people tend to be good when things are going well, and they tend to suck when they're not. Not because it has to be that way, but because they don't police their conscious mind thoughts and create and sustain the internal environment, the mindset that allows them to optimize their performance while at the same time reducing the level of anxiety. Champions, successful people are better at it than most, but they too struggle because most of them also don't understand how the pieces fit together. That's essentially the reason I wrote my second book. The, the full title is Helping Kids Perform Mental Skills Every Parent, Teacher, and Coach Should Master. Yeah, I have it. And it was a result of, of my frustration at seeing adults who thought they were helping the kids around them actually be a powerful source of self-sabotage for those kids because of the way they frame the experiences and they shape the thoughts that those kids process in their conscious mind. And we don't even realize we're doing it, and yet we do it all the time. And the truth is, this is not something we learn in school. We don't understand these basic concepts. In my experience, most parents, teachers, and coaches do not understand these principles. They violate them on a regular basis, not meaning to harm, but in fact, thinking that they're helping 
when in fact it's backfiring and they're causing their kids to sabotage themselves. So it's, it's something that we don't know that I wish we all knew, but have never been taught. Well, after 49 years in the performance business, um, you have had uh, a lot of experiences, as we mentioned earlier, in virtually every arena of human performance, from the military to first responders, from business to sports and in, into entertainment as well. And you've seen all the stresses at the highest level, but but it applies to everybody. And, and you know, sometimes I think I really appreciate about, about uh, some of your strategies it's how practical and, and easy they are to understand, but, but how powerful they are at the same time. Like when we look at uh, the focal points, and I think this is one of the, the big takeaways I've had, you know, meeting and talking with you over the years, uh, Dr. Delaire is um, just, you know, being conscious of where I am investing my focus and my efforts. Um, I guess maybe my conscious thoughts, you know, really directing them in the right place. That's been a huge takeaway for me personally. I wanted to thank you for all, for all of that because it's impacted me. And I think even in the way I talk to my kids and my athletes. It, it really boils down to the simple equation, the performance equation. A times B equals results. It's profoundly true universally applicable and infallible. It has existed to explain how we create results and how we sabotage ourselves since the dinosaurs roam the earth. And I believe it will be true 200 years from now, or at least as long as we continue to have to habitate this rock, to live on this rock we're all on. People spend so much energy worrying over the things they can't control. It consumes a large part of a lot of people's day, worrying about stuff that we can't control. And the basic question is this, does worrying about something over which you have no direct control, does that help things to be better? The answer, of course, is it doesn't it actually becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because the more we worry about failing, the more likely we are to fail. But why is that? Well, it's really because of rule number two. Rule number two of the mental road says the conscious mind can only actively process one thought at a time. If that's true, and I could prove it in a way that people would never forget. But let's assume it's true for the moment. Here's the fundamental problem. If I'm focused on the wrong thing, it's impossible for me to be focused on the right one at the same moment in time. Mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm focused on something that I cannot control, what can I not be focused on at the same moment in time? What I'm doing in that moment, the execution of what I'm doing in that moment. That's the fundamental problem, isn't it? If I'm focused on the wrong thing, I can't be focused on the right one at the same moment in time. Right. But the solution is equally simple. It's not easy necessarily, but it's simple. If I control the deployment of my focus to be on the right thing at the right time, I will never end up being focused on the wrong thing at the same moment in time. 
because mm-hmm. of rule number two. Right. So the key to performance and the key to controlling, mitigating anxiety is to control the deployment of my focus of attention so that I am fully present, engaged and connected to what I am doing in the moment that I do it. And if my thoughts are directed in that way, when I'm in my zone, when I'm fully engaged with what I'm doing, is there anxiety? No, no. not at all. Quite the contrary. Quite the contrary. Yes. There's a calmness. There's yeah. a, an internal quiet. It may be mated to a fierce intensity, but there's an emotional calmness. There's an absence of noise going on inside of my own head. So here's the key. If I'm focused correctly on what I'm doing in the moment I do it, not only will my performance be the best that my skills and my abilities allow in that moment, but I will not have any anxiety. Anxiety only happens when I allow my focus to shift away from what I'm doing to start to consider the consequences of what I'm doing. And I start to build the fear that it might not be good enough. Mm-hmm. And my anxiety grows. Isn't it interesting? A yeah. Is what I bring to the party. Right. B are the things that I cannot control. Results are the product of those two things. Results are a product of what we bring to the moment of our performance, influenced by the things that we cannot control. They're not always B minus. Sometimes they're B plus and they work in our favor. Sometimes they're B minus and we're the bug instead of being the windshield. Sometimes they're very big Bs and they have a significant and meaningful impact on the outcome. Sometimes they're small and relatively inconsequential. And here's the fundamental truth of that equation. The only thing in the equation I can actually control is A what I bring to the party in the moment when that that performance is asked of me. I cannot control results. I accept that. It's profoundly true. I can't control outcome because I can't control the B factors, the things I can't control. And yet we waste so much emotional energy and thought on worrying about the B factors and worrying about the results when in fact we can't control them. And it never makes the results better. Hmm. What will make the result better? If we shift our focus and invest our full energies and capacities on A, doing the best job we can in the moment the performance is asked of us. If I can do that successfully, I will drive the best result possible in that situation given the knowledge, the skill, the experience, the fitness that I have in that moment, influenced by some things that I can't control. So I don't know if my A-game performance is going to yield the result that I want. But the foundational truth is, if I deliver the best day I can, the result will be the best that could be gotten by me on that day, given all the things that I couldn't control in the environment. Do you think that's not relevant to what's happening to the way people manage and think about this COVID-19 pandemic situation? 
Hey everybody, let me tell you about one of the ultimate life hacks. My secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead, it's called Blinkist. Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into 15 minute summaries that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet or your web browser. Successful people like business leaders are well known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. Over 12 million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library. From self-help to business to health to history books, Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestseller lists and the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. For us, Blinkist has been a huge tool through this shutdown we've all been living through. Right away, we frame the shutdown up as a huge opportunity to get better. And for me personally, the big opportunity was reading and getting to information that I just never get to if it were business as usual. For example, if you listen to the show, you know that sleep is our number one priority for human performance. Well, you should check out Why We Sleep. The New Science of Sleep and Dreams by Matthew Walker. Blinkist has put together a fantastic 12-minute summary that's broken down into quick, information-packed blinks that you can read or listen to. I love everything about it. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed non-fiction books. All the books you want, and all for one low price. So listen, right now for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com crush, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash crush with a K to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash crush. You know we're huge believers in the power of thinking big. Blinkist has big ideas in small packages. Check it out and start learning now. And stay tuned, there's more crush performance coming right up. We're talking with Dr. Jacques Delaire, a performance specialist at Performance Prime, and I think this is exactly what we're talking about. These are the types of tools that people can really sink their teeth into, Dr. Dr. Delaire. A times B equals results. Uh, a plus B. Or times B or plus B? Uh, I view it as times B because it's a product. Yeah, it's, I like it. Remember, this is not a this is not a mathematical expression. Yeah. It's a conceptual expression. Yeah, I like it. A is the thing that we bring. B are the things we can't control. Results are the outcome, the product of those two things. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, you know, when you talk about focus and that intensity and being in the zone, uh, what, a, what a difference maker that creates. And, and here's, a, here's a question for you. So to, maybe a, a, this will be a two-pronged two question because you've got me thinking about a bunch of really interesting things, at least in my mind right now. You know, we see... I've been lucky enough, of course, to work at the highest level of a sport. And, and through the, all that time, you see some players who have incredible talents, incredible skills, but can't quite break through. And then you have players who maybe uh, may not be quite as physically gifted, but have this uncanny ability to execute. And I, I wonder if, if the, no, I'm, I'm 100% confident that the difference there is just their ability to pay attention to what needs to be uh, 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 paid attention to at that particular time. And, and I, maybe that's the difference between right. the true top performers and those who are just sort of on that bubble. You're absolutely right. If you want a simple, a simple explanation and to boil it down to the most basic denominator, common denominator of successful people, it is about the holy grail performance. 
And I've been doing this for almost five decades with people all over the globe. And I'm convinced that this is the single most important mental attribute in the performance world. I don't care whether we're talking about sport, entertainment, military, doesn't matter. The ability to control the deployment of my focus of attention Mm -hmm. so that it is directed to the right thing at the right time. That is the Holy Grail. Because if I can control my thoughts and my focus to be fully present and engaged, I will bring everything I possess to that moment of performance in the best possible way. Is it going to be good enough to generate the result I want? That I can't say because I don't know what the B factors are. But what I can tell you is if you can accomplish that task of bringing your full focus of attention to what you're doing in the moment you do it, whatever the result is, it is the best that you could get in that moment. This is, Jeff, this is the, the thing that has had the greatest impact on me personally in my life. Is this simple recognition. I believe this to be a universal truth. It is impossible for me to do better than the best I can do in the moment when my performance is asked of me. Wishing it to be better will never make it better. <laughs> worrying about it not being right. worrying about it not being good enough will never make it better either. If I apply myself in the moment to simply bring the best I've got with a full focus on what I'm doing in that moment, I have accepted the fundamental truth that whatever I get as a result will be the best that could be gotten by me on that day, given the strengths and weaknesses that I personally possess and the variables in the mix that are outside of my control. So you know what? Performance anxiety disappeared for me when I came to that realization because it gives me license to not worry about the outcome because I understand that worrying about the outcome doesn't make it better. It actually makes it worse because I'm focused on the wrong thing. I'm focused on something that hasn't happened yet and I can't actually control because I can't control the B factors in the equation. Right. Dr. Dallaire, this is so powerful, and I think this is a really important conversation. So here's here's the second prong to my question. And, and this, this whole idea of just understanding the issues is so important. So how much time, and again, this is obviously, this really, really melds in with our concept of, of the long-term athlete development. This doesn't, you can't be an expert at this right away. You can be good at it right away, but I think you have to, would it be safe to say this is a process you can practice and get better at as you move on? And that being said, how much time and how important is it, do you think, to um, um, put thought or, or designate effort into understanding those B factors, understanding those things you can't control? Is that an important part of, the, of your equation as well? For sure. I've had people who say to me, people, for example, in the corporate world, who say, okay, A times B equals results. I see that. I understand that intellectually. 
But it seems to me what you're doing is you're creating a built-in excuse for people to fail. Because they can simply claim, oh, it's a B factor. Ah, yes. That's why That's why I wasn't successful. It was a B factor. <laughs> right. My response, my response to that pushback is this. Think about the kinds of people that I deal with in my profession. For me, a number of my clients, for them, the difference between developing their A-game and applying it, between creating their best moments of performance, represent the difference between living and dying, literally. So you better believe that my interest is the highest result possible. Certainly. Because it spells the difference between living or dying for a number of my clients. I am not making an excuse for poor results. I am arguing that in order to get the best results possible, we need to direct our full focus, effort, and attention on delivering the best A we can. But let's understand as a boss, as a manager, as a leader, that you can't control results any more than anybody else can. And when you make people accountable to results only, when in fact they can't control results any more than you can, you are creating a situation where you will develop in them anxiety because they're so worried over the outcome that they understand they can't control, that they focus on how they're doing relative to that desired goal rather than on what they're doing, and failure becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you sabotage them. So do we, does that mean we never think about the bees? Of course not. What we do is we consider what are the things that might get in the way of the goal we're trying to achieve, the right. result. Yes. But we do, we do that in training, in preparation. We look for the weak link. We look for the thing that might get in the way in the moment of our performance of, of, of us achieving our goal. And we think through and we eliminate those things we can in advance. And if we can't eliminate them, we prepare contingency plans that we put on the shelf to implement should they occur in that moment when we are performing. And then we focus on the doing and we adjust as we're doing based on what happens. If the B factor we had projected materializes, we reach for the contingency plan and we focus fully on its implementation. If it doesn't materialize, we never even ended up thinking about it because we're fully focused on what we were doing. Just because we can't control the bees doesn't mean we shouldn't think about the bees. Right, exactly. But let's be honest. Sometimes we deliver a top drawer moment of performance virtuosity. But because of things outside of our control, we don't get the result 
that we were looking for. I've seen racers, for example, motorsport racers, run the best race of their life, but two laps from the end of the race, something broke on the car, and they never even finished. Right. The result was 36th place at the end of the race. And yet, the performance was a moment of virtuosity for them, but they were denied the result because of a mechanical issue that is a B factor outside of their control. So to make people accountable to the result when you can't control the result automatically sets up an environment where they become anxious because they constantly focus on the gap between where they are and where they need to be rather than on what they're doing. And that's when they make mistakes. Simple enough to understand, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, makes perfect sense. Right. Right. Not always easy to practice. How many parents? Yeah. How many coaches? How many teachers? are constantly harping on the outcome, on the results, and how results are so important and why they're important. And in fact, society teaches us, as we're growing up, that we should be worried about results, that it's good to be worried about results, that it's good to express worry about results, because it proves what, Jeff? It proves that we care. Well, true. It yeah, right. We care. Right. Think about this. When you see somebody who doesn't seem to be torn up by failure, by not getting the result they want, who doesn't express dismay and anger and frustration, if we don't see a person react that way to failure, what's our first thought? They don't care. They obviously don't care, right? Don't you're care. so right. Yeah, you're so they right. obviously don't care. Yeah. And yet, that's the greatest fallacy, isn't it? Totally. Because the truth is, the person may have recognized that their performance really was one of their moments of virtuosity and that the thing that denied them the result they were shooting for was something outside of their control. And they're disappointed about a lousy result but they're extremely satisfied with their own performance. So it doesn't tear them up in the same way. Right. Different way of looking at it. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. No, that's a great, great perspective, especially for, for all those parents, even the managers, you see the managers who are, you know, and this is, this is probably one of the biggest problems we see maybe in the business world where, you know, results are so tied to the bottom line. And then you reward your top managers with bonuses based on how far they come under budget, regardless of maybe the impact it has at the lower levels. There's so many things I can tie this to that you're right, are just so problematic. What should you tie compensation? An advancement to the well, perfect execution of process. Right. Now, let's celebrate success. Let's celebrate good results. And they should be compensated on good results as well. But what should the key variable be? The perfect execution, the diligent execution of process. 
because we all know that if we diligently execute a perfect process, we will generate the best result possible, except for the impact of the bees in the environment. Right. And the COVID-19 situation is certainly a bee right now, isn't it? Your business has, has suffered from it, so has mine, so has everybody else's, just about. Yeah. It's the reality of the moment. It is a huge global B factor. How do we get through it in the best way possible? By bringing the best A we can to whatever we're doing in the moment. And if we focus on the things we can control, and there are many things that we can control, it denies the capacity to focus on the things we can't control because rule number two reminds us that the conscious mind can only actively process one thought at a time. And as a result, our anxiety is much lower. Beautiful stuff. Simple enough, isn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. When and yet you... how, many people, how many people are violating that? Yeah. Simple premise every single day today all around the globe. I am not diminishing the challenges and the desperation that some people feel. Not at all. Right. I understand that. Yeah. My question is, does succumbing to the worry and the fear and the anxiety that it produces, does that help you in any productive way get through this situation with the best possible outcome? The answer, of course, is no. Quite the contrary. So the question is, what will help you get through this challenging situation in the best possible way to generate the best possible result, given this B factor? The most perfect execution of A, whatever A represents for you in the moment, in the situation. Absolutely beautiful. Dr. Dillard. No, it's true. It's true. All all I'm thinking about right now is I'm going to spend the next 12 hours dedicated to polishing up my A game. How does that sound? I'm I'm all in. You got me. Well, well, I think what it'll do is it'll help you be better as a father, as a husband, as a business person with your clients, because mindset, Jeff is infectious, just like this virus. Right. Well said. People around you will catch the mindset that you have. And the question you have to ask yourself, just as I have to ask myself, and every listener here has to ask themselves, is my mindset right now worth catching? If it isn't, you better change it. Because people around you will catch it just like you will catch theirs. That's why it's so damn important. It is. To control our conscious mind's thoughts, to police our thoughts, to optimize ourselves rather than sabotage ourselves. But people are really good at sabotaging themselves. They sure are. And the negative mindsets are as contagious and maybe even more so than the positive ones, I find. And then we start down that slippery spiral where we went from relatively positive thinking to abysmal, deep in the dark hole, staring at our shoes, digging, flailing away at the dirt, negative thinking. And we never even realized the slippage that took us from one place to another place until we're in that hole 
wondering how the heck we got there. Well, there is a way out. Just be yeah. Yep. Yeah. We have to we have to eavesdrop on the quality of the chatter going on inside of our own minds. Oh, I because like that. Our internal our internal dialogue will in fact tell us where our focus is directed. Our mind chatter will in fact describe where our focus is directed. We just have to tap into it. We have to eavesdrop and listen in on our mind chatter to judge the quality of our thought process. And if it's not what we need it to be, we need to change it. Right. Oh, I really like that. Eavesdropping on yourselves. That's a great, great uh, perspective. I like that strategy. We don't do it very often. Most people do not. They just think. Right. They don't think about the way that they're thinking. They don't think about the kind of thinking they're executing in that moment. They just think. Dr. Dallaire. Wow. Easy to say, easy to say, not easy to do. I understand that. Right. And it is a skill set. What we're talking about, performance thinking is a skill set. So how do you develop the skill? Well, you have to understand how the pieces fit together. And then you have to understand the process to reprogram your unconscious mind. And that's what the ACT model process is about. Right. Wow. Wow. Dr. Dallaire, such great stuff. Well, listen, uh, we've got to let you go here. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, but this is a conversation. I've got a sneaking feeling that could go on for hours <laughs> because there's so much great things, but, but you do have to start. You have to have a starting point, right? Everybody has to have a starting point. And I like what you said. Performance thinking is a skill like every other skill. It has to be practiced. It has to be maintained and you got to feed it and grow it. And you've given us some incredible tools here today, Dr. Dallaire. And uh, of course, we'll be posting the links to the webinars as well. Yeah, And the easiest way is through the drdallaire.net um, access point or portal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We'll share that but for sure. I encourage people I encourage people who are interested in improving their capacity to perform, and I don't care what the performance is in, and who are maybe wrestling with anxiety these days, to check it out because there's food for thought and there's useful information there that can help you to navigate those two challenges in this most challenging time that we're in right now. Nope, I agree. They're very, very well done and great information for everybody. Dr. Dallaire, uh, what's, what, what does the future hold for you? I know you've got uh, the webinars going. Um, you've been doing a lot of uh, online counseling, um, and there's rumors of an upcoming course. I'm really excited about the potential of this. I am in the process of developing uh, an online uh, course program probably will be somewhere in the range of about 10 hours of content that will be done, delivered through a number of modules that people will be able to subscribe to if they're interested to get a much deeper dive into this idea of performance thinking and how we can connect the pieces to both improve performance and mitigate things like anxiety. And that's coming, hopefully, it'll be in the next year. Great stuff. Hopefully in the next eight, eight months or so, that course should be ready. And I'll certainly on my social media platforms tell people about it, what it is. Great. Well, we'll keep an eye on that for sure and be uh, sharing that as well. 
Dr. Delaire, thank you so much for the time, insights, information, and knowledge you've shared today. This has been truly powerful. And for once again, everybody, if you want to check out Dr. Delaire's great work, performanceprime.com is a really good place to start. Dr. Delaire, all the best to you, your family, and everybody over there. We uh, wish you all the best as we work uh, work through this uh, incredible shutdown. And I can't wait to get to the other side. Uh, you and me both, and I wish you and yours the same. Uh, hopefully your tribe comes out of this stronger and better than it did coming in. That is the ultimate goal, and we'll be uh, polishing up our aim game, A game in the meantime, Dr. Delaire. Thanks so much. Very good, Jeff. Thanks. Oh, there you go, everybody. A fantastic conversation with crush favorite Dr. Jacques Delaire of Performance Prime. Performanceprime.com is the website. So many powerful, important topics in this discussion. Please share it. Share it with your family, your coworkers, your teammates, your, your, your teachers, your coaches of your organizations. This is an important conversation. You know, if we think about our priorities of performance, Sleep, recovery, rest, nutrition, hydration, posture, range of motion, and then, of course, movement, then getting into sport. It, it's all impacted by our mindset, and it doesn't matter how much we pay attention to our training and our physical readiness. If our mind isn't there, you cannot succeed. What a tool. What great information. I'm going to be going back to listen to this for sure. You can go to crushperformance.com uh, to get the podcast and, and download, listen to it, bring your notebooks. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, and we have to thank Dr. Jacques Delaire for that one. Another grand slam here on Crush Performance. It's been just a fantastic couple months of information and sharing. And we're seeing that a lot now in this shutdown, the COVID shutdown era that we're in. So much great sharing of information. But now, as the rumblings of an opening are upon us, we can start utilizing all this great information. And so, listen, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please do share it. Uh, there's lots more to come. The war on sugar is coming up. We're going to be talking more about brain injuries and, and concussions and rehabilitation. We're going to be looking into talent more. It's one of our top topics here in 2020. We'll be looking at specialization and diversity and just tapping into your potential. All that's coming up in the next few weeks on Crush Performance. And again, if you have a topic, a question, or if you need some help with something you're, you're tackling, let us know. If we don't know the answers, I can pretty much guarantee we know somebody who has that answer. And we will work to get it for you. That's what it's all about. So get out there, everybody. Use the information today. Every single day, think about what we talked about. What are you thinking about? What do you control? What don't you control? The holy grail. Be in the moment. The holy grail of human performance. Woo! Grand slam in my books. All right, everybody, get out there, get better, and we'll talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. This is a place for my head quick fix on Radio Influence. This week on the A Place for My Head podcast, Brandon Thompson and I rehash everything that's been going on in the world lately. A lot to go over, a lot to discuss, especially when it comes to how it's affecting everybody's mental health. And then we talk to three-time Super Bowl champ and college football Hall of Famer Randy Cross about the story of University of Tennessee quarterback Brian Moore. Not familiar with this kid? After this episode, you will be, and you're going to admire the hell out of him. All that and more this week on the A Place for My Head podcast. Now also found on Spotify. A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and Jerry P. Tuck can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.